0: We're still focusing on prayer. Hopefully, you're, you're praying the Psalms divided by two, four, two, six, three, eight, four. Psalms forty-two, Psalms sixty-three, Psalms eighty-four. Take those three chapters of Scripture and and turn on your favorite song. That's been my request as your action point in the morning. Pick your song, whatever your worship song is, and just pray those scriptures verse by verse. Stop at each verse and think about the passion behind what king david i mean it's an invitation for us to walk on this ancient trail and understand what it is to passionately seek god how many of you want to take a step forward in knowing jesus today like a real step forward and so there's some things that i'm going to encourage you in i'm wound up man i am i I, this morning i just thought "Ah, we're just this place on fire today I'm ready to go somewhere and I think I'm going to you know, really preach into that and there's so far you can go from somebody's preaching there's so far you can go from the prayer team thankful for our prayer team praying us in for our worship team worshiping us forward but there's some places only you can go because you've decided you're going to go there And so I want to ask you to engage your faith and really understand something today. I'm going to expose a little bit of a misnomer in the body of Christ, which I feel is part of my overall assignment as a pastor that we evaluate and not just choke down everything that everybody's given us in religious institutionalism. Can I get a witness? We don't need to just accept everything blindly. We need to understand it biblically. And we need to get a good picture of it and walk it out correctly and apply it in a way that's healthy. And there are a lot of people not doing that in the world that we live. And God's asking us to really reevaluate some of those basic things. Jesus is Lord, that never changes. But some of our churchianity needs to be addressed. And so we're going to do that today. So, today, as we continue this, when you pray, as we're focusing on a greater revelation of prayer, I want to just challenge you to understand when you pray, there is a difference between your position and your possession. Two very important concepts. Both vital, important to your becoming everything God has called you to be, but you have a certain position in Christ, and then you have a certain possession in the earth. So we're going to sort this out and walk this out in a number of different analogies, illustrations, verses of Scripture. The first thing I want to just do is I'm going to give you an assignment. We believe going to church should be more like going to the gym than like going to the movies. I don't want you to show up and be entertained by what happens up here. I want you to show up and be engaged, not just inspired, but empowered. So I have an assignment for you. Here's your assignment as a church family. Let's first finish the phrase, actions speak louder louder than words okay so actions are really important Uh, I looked up some research and I found 93% of what you communicate has nothing to do with the words you say now think about what I just said if you want to tell someone you love them the words only have about 7% of the expression of what you're saying how many of you know actions speak louder than words and so even when you're looking at this idea of what body language communicates i love you not very convincing is it i love you too how many of you did it you told your kids you did something wrong now tell her you're sorry sorry you how many of you have seen that happen before it's like oh thank you for engaging your heart i forgive you okay? they like, words don't really even matter. It's the action behind those words. So what we want to try to do is understand what our behavioral actions ought to be as believers, not just what our believing ideas are, but what are our behavioral actions that are actually born from what we truly believe. So here's a congregational assignment. I want to ask you in 60 seconds, I want you to express that you care, some expression of meaningful relationship to someone in the room without using any words. Don't do it yet. Hold on. Hold on. I see some of y'all starting to make out right now. Stop it. <laughs> Just like give you one little bit, man. It's like, oh, come on, baby. Go easy now. But this is what I wanted to say. You have 60 seconds to express this. And as you do, I'm going to ask Scott Martin if he'll make his way up here to the platform again, this service, I want to share something with you about. So go ahead, 60 seconds. Go ahead, boom, no words. A lot of sign language going on. Some hugs. Easy, easy. Look, Charlie and DeeDee making out right in the middle of church. Okay great actions let's say it together actions speak louder than words so I want to present to you a man of great action and uh, I'm gonna just say today is Scott Martin's birthday and I've asked him to come up come on he loves standing here right now wondering what to do Uh, and I like, we've contacted his mom, May Martin in Kentucky. She's online with us actually provided these pictures. Come on. Let's look at these baby pictures. Look at this sweet. Oh, Scott, you're such a cute baby. Look at this next one. I like this. Oh, that's so sweet. Such a handsome guy from very young age. Happy birthday. Hey, before you go though, uh, seriousness, i want to ask you to stretch your hands towards Scott. During worship, the Lord gave me a word for you, and I want to release it. So, Father, I just pronounce a blessing over this man. I thank you for today really is a special day. We celebrate that you purposed on this day that this man would be born, and we would be in so many ways benefited by his willingness to use his gifts to expand the kingdom of God. And I just felt during worship, the Holy Spirit was saying that uh, he gives you the ability to understand the difference between having courage and being brave. And God is establishing a reservoir of courage in you. You don't have to try and act or be brave and express something. Just have the courage that God's put in your heart to fulfill everything about your assignment. We release a special blessing over you today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I love you. (laughs) Bless you. (laughs) Scott. Uh, works at the back, the team. Thank you to all the camera crew, tech crew. There's a studio on the other side of that wall that you don't ever see. And they're broadcasting and mixing the online expression. And um, And he rallies volunteers for that, people that are willing to serve. Some of you might have an interest in tech. See Scott for his birthday. How about we get 10 people to sign up on his team today for his birthday? Wouldn't that be a great birthday present? <laughs> That'd be great. They're liking it. <laughs> uh, <coughs> But What I want you to understand is really unique, but Scott's done so much in all of the setup of the expression of this room, and he is the general contractor for us on this campus. Uh, The construction, if you were here last week, you saw a video that showed some of the construction going on upstairs. He is now uh, doing the work downstairs as our contractor. I mean, just does a ton, a ton of stuff. This week, they're going to start working on the elevator. Did you know we're going to have an elevator uh, in the lobby? And so um, you can just like, we're going to sell elevator rides. (laughs) Now, it's for the upstairs school portion that has a certain number of square feet. And so uh, we're required to make sure we're accommodating and working with all those things that we want to do. And and so an elevator is a part of that. But he's, he's making all that happen. And I just thought as I looked at his baby picture and was, was kind of evaluating and assessing the little jokes I could, I could give, I thought I'd just go easy on the jokes uh, and just say, it, the, the comment that I made the last couple of weeks, how many of you know yesterday's nursery held today's leaders? And what is in our nursery today? Like, I see those baby pictures, and I just think, what a cute little baby. And, you know, if we could have gone back, could anybody have known? What happens today if you go over into our nursery and you see little kids over there? And, like, today's nursery holds tomorrow's leaders. And so that's what this whole thing has been about when we're saying all in for the next gen. And how many of you think we ought to finish all of our nursery stuff? kids' area, get it finished. Can I just take a quick vote? You think we should get it all finished? Like, let's don't leave the building undone. Let's get it all finished. So we've set this into motion. Scott's helping to make all of that happen. We're starting to move forward. I want to give you just a little bit of a report on this as we get into our focus today. It's a pretty simple uh, report, but I want to say thanks to the people that from 07 when we had the storm and we had to kind of start building the, the gym, we've built buildings plural now on the property in the process of all of that. And there's some people that have just given every month above their tithes to a building uh, special fund. And I want to say thank you for that. And in light of that, where we are, we actually have $35,000 in a fund, in an account that we can get started. 11000 has come in from the All In campaign since we just started. And I sent an email yesterday to somebody that doesn't even attend our church, and they responded and said, I believe in what you guys are doing. I'm sending a check for $2,000 today. So come on, let's just thank God for his provision. He's going to bring this in. Thank God for his provision. you know we're a family and families have bills and and we work all that out together and I was thinking about this like when we first built this building this room has the capacity to hold 1,000 chairs and I was so excited when I came in and looked at the room and thought wow we can have any event we want in here with the school the church and so on and then I thought a thousand chairs (laughs) like they're 50 bucks a chair anybody just do the math real quick what it costs to put chairs in the room fifty thousand dollars i mean just crazy to think about that but the bottom line god is faithful in everything he's asked us to do so we you know the layout for the room back here and all that space four hundred thousand dollars total if four hundred people gave eighty five dollars a month for one year that would be four hundred thousand dollars breaks down easily Standard deviation expression a bell-shaped curve looks something like this and we've done a little chart and We've laid it out some people can give more than 85 a month some people will need to give less uh, And you know the bottom line do you give what's in your heart to do? Let's be sacrificial in the way we see God's kingdom expand, but some people can give 500 a month We had one person do that already 6,000 came in for that and then some people give five dollars a month And so bottom line let's pray about and move forward with whatever God's stirring in our heart and, uh, and let me just say, as we, as we progress into this, you can take the chart down, because um, I want you to look at me as I say this. No pastor ever says, I can't wait to lead a church so I can talk about money. Nobody ever does that. But any pastor that ever is going to lead the way God wants the church to go has to resolve, we're going we're gonna to work out of our conviction. And our conviction is, guys, God has called us to be men and women of action. We are not in a place that's just going to sit still. So be prepared. Because when we get this finished, I want you to know, there is also 70 acres of land across the street. And there is going to be a home for unwed mothers. And there are going to be a continuation of things that God wants to do in this earth. So don't. Don't get unsettled when we start talking about how we're going to do that. When you've got a leadership team like this believing for literally millions of dollars to come in to express the kingdom and advance the kingdom, guess where that money comes to? You. So like you're in a good place where we're drawing in and God's just going to increase us and it's not all about money, it is all about kingdom and we want to see the kingdom of God expand and that's really what I want us to understand today. Actions speak louder than words. I love you just doesn't say it all in a marriage relationship. There's got to be more than just words, a friendship, a, you know, whatever that looks like, whatever that is, there's got to be action that's set into motion. And I, I just felt, again, I, just, I think I'm going to butcher my message a little bit, so uh, hats off to the team back there trying to keep up with me. But I, I, just, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, have you ever been in one of those hotels and you like went as high as you could go because then the executive floor had you had to have a special code anybody been in those types of hotels and so like you can go up to floor eight but if you're going to go to floor nine where the free food is you got to have a special pass and and i just felt while we were in worship like the holy spirit was saying i'm giving you the next floor where you've never been able to go the doors are going to open and we're just going to step in to it come on let's just let's let's call that in we're going to step into a new dimension of what God desires, uh, I toyed with this of whether or not to really express this, but I really believe. And we started talking a little bit about it last week. I did talk about it Tuesday morning prayer, and I'm just going to say we have entered into a supernatural season. We have entered into a supernatural season. We had two families here this in the 9:30 today. And they experienced in the past week true miracles with family members. And, and I thank God for it. How I many you know we need miracles to take place? Like when your mama's in the hospital, you're believing God and amazing miracles that like they turned a corner suddenly no explanation and in jesus name more of that's to come i believe the body of christ needs to be mobilized and empowered not just show up be inspired by your motivational speaker today but be empowered by the spirit of god that we become the sound of heaven and the earth and the kingdom of god is breaking in in every situation everywhere we go And as we go out, I believe God wants to anoint us and empower us and equip us. And and I believe in this season, don't, don't miss this. I believe in this season of being supernaturally empowered. Listen very carefully. There are some things that you have maybe never been able to do that God is going to suddenly empower you to accomplish. Like you've only been able to go to the eighth floor, but the Lord is opening the higher level floors, and I don't understand why. How many know there are seasons? Sometimes it happens as a result of prayer. I mean, who knows who knows how or why the kingdom of God breaks in the way it does when it does. But this is a season, and I I believe, and I'm just going to step into it. Listen carefully. I believe some personal goals in some of your lives that have been seemingly unachievable, suddenly you'll be able to accomplish. I believe some people in the room who've been trying to get healthy and get fit that constantly feel like I just can't make progress. I believe this is a season for you to revisit that and step into another dimension. Anybody just receive that over your life, over your finances, over your family? Come on, let's just declare it today. Let's take it up. Let's press in a little bit and declare it. We are the church. We are supernaturally empowered by God. So, Father, we're believing that today, rather than just rally around an encouraging little message, we want to be awakened to the greater purposes of God. We know that the actions of our lives actually are the expressions of our belief. So let our beliefs truly be anchored in a revelation of Christ, and may our our behaviors reflect the cross and this wonderful king to our world. In Jesus' name, amen. James clearly says in Scripture, how we behave reveals what we believe. The book of James reveals how we behave. How many, of you, how many of you believe? Can I just see? How many of you believe and you want to behave? Can I just see? How many of you believe, but you have a hard time behaving? Okay, let's just be honest, right? We, we struggle with this. But the bottom line we, and I'm going to kind of pull the lid off a few things. We believe what we believe, but we love what we love more than we believe what we believe. That's why we don't behave even though we believe, because there's something of a love relationship in us that we have to bring into alignment with the cross of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, that Love and that passion and that ability that you possess will shipwreck you and hijack you from the purposes of God. So when we get, that's why Jesus didn't come and say, I want you to believe, I want you to believe. That's not what he said, is it? He said, I want you to believe. I love the Lord your God with all your head. Right? That's not what he said. With all your heart. With all your mind, yes, with all your soul, with everything that you are. I mean, it's more than just your thinking patterns. It's more than just a general, yeah, those are the belief structures that I ascribe to. This is about passionately being lovers of Jesus. Is all this shouting and clapping and screaming really necessary in this place? Yes, we're raising up a mighty army. And this mighty army knows what it is to worship their God and bring bold declarations that are the expression of what we believe. Come on. James chapter 2 verse 22 says, You see, this is speaking of Abraham, by the way, You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. Your fa- you have faith in God. Your faith is incomplete without actions in right place. Your faith is made complete by what you do. Your behavior seals the deal on what you believe. This is what you need to understand, and we all have to understand. This is such a vital part as we start to kind of figure out the difference between our position and our possession. And I'm going to make this very clear I know I'm just using some terms right now that have not been real well defined. But hang with me and you'll get this. But you need to recognize the kingdom of God has a contingency plan. The kingdom of God is contingent. Okay? What I mean by that is you have not. Can you finish the verse? Because you The kingdom of God is contingent. There are some things that God wants you to have that you will not have if you do not ask because the Bible says you have not because you do not ask you have not because you ask not or because you ask with the wrong motives you're not letting God deal with your heart. I mean you study that whole thing out and you realize Wait a second. I thought if I became a Christian, then I just got everything God wanted me to have. You do not get God's best for your life just because God wants God's best for your life or just because you want God's best for your life. Your position in Christ is saying, I believe in the sacrifice Jesus made for me. But your possession in Christ says, I will enact the sacrificial nature of God and live my life sacrificially, going out and possessing the land, drawing in everything God's called me to possess. That's the difference. You have not because you ask not. Here's another, contingent. I mean, how many of you want God to bless you, prosper you, increase you? How many of you would like God to give you money? Well, why are you so quiet? Be honest. (laughs) Like the rule was the first five people that raised their hand were going to get a check for $1,000 today. You have not because you ask not. (laughs) I mean, we we look at that. I want God to increase me. But the Bible actually says give. And it will be given. I I know we want to say, well, if God will just give me more, then I'll give. Listen, God's blessed you. And if you learn to see your blessed position correctly and you start to live your life sacrificially where you are, he will bless you even more. The kingdom of God has a contingency plan. There's something of, content. I, I know we just, we, it's like most people are just talking about grace and, and oh, the grace of God and I'll do whatever I want to and won't change God's love for me. And let me just say to you, that is absolutely true. No matter what you do, will never change the love of God for you. God loves you. And we beat ourselves up way too much. Modern-day religion, particularly in our previous generation, was really good at handing out religious mallets and teaching us to beat ourselves in the head for not making the cut. Can anybody agree with me in that regard? And so that's obviously been a problem in the previous generation, and we've woke up, we've, we've awakened from that. Make sure I get my English right. We've woken up. Just, somebody who's an English teacher. Mr. Lowe, what's the word? We have woken. We're being awakened right now to the things of God. When you can't get it right grammatically, you just reorganize the sentence. Always remember a very important principle you learned at church. And God wants to awaken us not only to an understanding that we're not to condemn ourselves and we're to be free and and nothing we do will change his love. But listen, some things you do will change your possession. It won't affect your position. It'll affect your position. Now, I love my wife so much. And, and I love the opportunity that she and I have had all these years of marriage to work through all the stuff. How many of you are married here and you've had to work through this stuff? You need to understand and recognize that's normal. But I just this morning, I came up behind her, I put my arms around her, and I said, I just love you so much. I'm so thankful. And, and, and when you marry Tracy's a lawyer, when you marry a lawyer, you know you'll never get a divorce. it's not been an option (laughs) how dumb would that be and so you know i mean i just am so thankful our relationship how many of you know there's a position of love that we have because of our marriage that is a really wonderful position but if i met another woman and decided to start spending time with another woman that might affect our relationship just a little bit would you say you see it doesn't change the fact that God would continue to love me but it would definitely affect the dynamic of my family sin will mess you up stop pretending like your position of grace takes care of everything in terms of your possession in the land it doesn't those are two different worlds and you need to understand them with clarity faith is about this is a blank and you fill this in for me faith is about possession while grace is about position distracted lives when we're not focused on Christ and not giving ourselves to the purposes of God distractive lives they uh, produce a position without any possession And there are a lot of Christians today that are so given to their appreciation for the grace of God that they don't even feel like there's any need for them to do anything else. And let me just say to you, God has a plan for you. Did you know the Bible says you're going to be judged twice? Have you ever seen this in Scripture? The first time you're going to be judged is what's called the great white throne of judgment. And at that judgment, you can't say, I went to church, I helped those in need, I did this, and I, because there is no works at the first judgment that are good enough to get you in. That's the judgment where you stand there and you say, Jesus, that's the only thing you have to say gee, aren't you glad you're in Christ Jesus saved my soul no matter what you did, it didn't matter listen, there are going to be some people they're barely going to make it in and some people they're going to roll right in full steam but all that matters is Jesus that's the first first judgment that will happen, you can't talk about what you did all you can talk about is Jesus but the Bible talks about a second judgment do you know this it speaks of a judgment where our works that are, that are wrongly done with the wrong motive are burnt up like wood, hay, and stubble. And the works that were born out of a right heart before the Lord, they'll prevail. And somehow those are actually going to be translated to treasures back to us in heaven. Isn't this crazy? This is wild. Like a lot of people don't even realize this. And we'll be able to take those treasures and we'll have more to offer at the feet of Jesus. Think about this. The more sacrificially we learn to live our lives following his example, the more meaningful our worship will be one day in a place of eternity. Yeah. So the first, the first judgment is position. This, I was in Christ, position, enough said. The second judgment is possession how much did you follow the sacrificial example of Jesus Christ in the way you lived your life it's pretty important that we get this we were I just want to make sure you understand we were sinners needing a savior I'm not disputing that with the statement I'm gonna make we were sinners needing a savior but you need to recognize this Jesus did not die for us because we were sinners Jesus died for us because we are sons. Amen. He didn't just go to rescue a bunch of people that were just slaves to him. He's, we were sons, sons and daughters. That's why he died. Because yes. we're sons of God. Yes. Jesus died to awaken us to the reality, There's something that we're carrying. I just want to start walking like this when I start talking about what we're carrying. Because we're carrying something. It's more than what this world understands. I'm talking about some authority. I'm talking about some Holy Ghost swag up off in here. I'm talking about something God wants to bring. The kingdom of heaven is breaking in. Sonship is a position in Christ. You're sons of God. In Christ, sonship is a position. But inheritance is a possession. And those are two different things. Don't settle into your sonship and not not pursue your inheritance. There's more. No matter how far you've gone with God, there's more. And Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 6, I have the right to do anything. That's a crazy statement. I have the right to do anything. There are some people today that are teaching on grace and they're not giving the whole picture. All they're talking about is position, no discussion of possession. And they're just taking that verse and saying, I have the right to do anything. I want you to know you have the right to do anything. The Bible clearly says it. I have the right to cheat on my wife, but how many of you know that would not be good for me? Like I wouldn't see her for weeks until finally the swelling would go down in one of my eyes and I could start to look for her. Would not be good. I doubt she'd punch me in the face. She's a little more lethal and strategic than that, but we won't go there. (laughs) I I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Wow, what a revelation. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. He says it again. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. This is what you need to understand. When you devote your energy, your resources, your life, your attention, your affection in the wrong direction, it will enslave you, and it will take you where you came from being a slave to becoming a son. It will take you from being a son to becoming a slave. How many of you want to be free? We want to stay free. We want to walk free. Listen, this is not just about you. Your anointing, your gift, your call, it's not just about you. This is a tough story to hear. Ben Cooley is a man who's a good friend of ours from England. He stood on this platform last year, and he talked about his job and his call as a man who is given to end sex trafficking in the entire world no more like he wants to cure the world from this horrible horrible disease and he told a story and it dramatically impacted me seeded something in me that was so deeply passionate as a girl named zoe as a very young girl was abducted from her family She was taken into the sex trafficking industry, journaled her experience. How horrific. I can't even begin to imagine. Not knowing where your child is, not knowing what's going on, then your child having these terrible experiences in her life. And at about the age 14, maybe 15, she's in a three-story building somewhere in another country. And she decides, I cannot live. Somebody had just come to the room, and they left, a paying customer, they left, and the next customer was coming. And she decided, I just can't live anymore. She got out of the bed. She walked over to the window on the third story of this building and jumped. The problem was, she was trying to take her own life to end this horror, but she merely broke both of her legs. A very bad man, a, very, a person who's completely given to evil and wickedness. Goes down, grabs Zoe by the hair, drags her with broken legs up three flights of stairs, puts her back in the bed for the person who'd paid to be there. Let me just tell you something. Your call is not about you. Your call Is about addressing wickedness in this world beyond our wildest comprehension and Jesus knows that and he's real serious about the assignment he's put on your life somebody's got to be willing to pay the price so that other people can be liberated and set free Zoe was rescued out of sex trafficking and today she's a champion for the cause of Christ declaring we can accomplish this objective in our world come on I believe you and I need to rise up and be champions in our own lives in our own right who are you championing for Come on, just clap your hands and declare. Who are you? What are you calling into your life that you might accomplish something for your world, for your generation? Your call has a cost. I know that's a painful story to hear, but it's nothing compared to what's going on in our world. And we sit around patty-caking, bickering over nonsense. I've been counseling with a pastor this last week who's dealing with such nonsense in his congregation. I told him yesterday, if I were you, I would stand up Sunday and say, you're all kicked out. People are dying and going to hell, and we want to fight over where the piano's going to be. Give it a rest. Wake up to the eternal purposes of God. If you want to complain about something, then let me just give you some encouragement. Don't complain about it here because we are too focused on eternal proportion to be worrying about little details like that. Wake up! Wake up, church! This is our possession. I almost feel like I need to say, I'm sorry, I'm not. This is serious. Don't, your call has a cost. Don't spend your entire life merely experiencing what other people paid the price to explore. It's your last blank, and I just want to explain it to you. Don't merely experience what somebody else paid the price to explore. Now, if you've ever been to a resort, like an all inclusive resort, it's amazing. You go in the resort, they welcome you in, and they provide you with food the whole time you're there. The pools are there. And if you go to, to Jamaica, it's this amazing resort experience. If you go to Puerto Rico, it's this amazing resort experience. If you go to Cancun, it's this amazing resort experience. And you can literally go to Jamaica, Puerto Rico, and Cancun and get the same resort experience and never experience the culture in that place. And Tracy and I learned a long time ago, when we go somewhere, we don't want to just experience what somebody else is trying to provide, we want to explore. So what we've learned is we find an English-speaking cab driver on day two, like we get settled in, and then day two, we find an English-speaking cab driver, and we have a conversation that goes something like this, hello? Hello? if we were friends of yours from another country and we came here what would you want us to see and this person who's grown up in the culture probably is not going to take you to all the touristy nonsense but probably going to take you and we've experienced this in the most meaningful little journey showing you things and you know what you're not designed to merely experience what somebody else is handing you You're designed to explore something beyond what somebody else wants to give you. There's an anointing on your life. There's a call on your life. There's an experience God wants you to have as you press in and you begin to explore. I'll preach you up. We'll worship you up. We'll pray you up. But you just need to make some sacrifices on your own. Get into the Word and walk this thing out. Be the men of God and the women of God He's called us to be. Come on, why don't you stay and let's give Him praise. We honor the Lord. Come on give him praise today. Let's give him praise today. Jesus is worthy. 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 We honor you. Why don't you praise your way into a new dimension of your faith this accepted Jesus. Get that right today. Get in a right position with God only through Christ. And anybody here it says, I've just lived a distracted life. I'm more interested in casual things that the world this is, the world has to offer. I almost interrupted myself. Stop doing that. Okay. Well, did you understand? If you just take and recognize, guys, the best moment this world has to offer will never satisfy the eternal appetite that's in you. And I mean, like, we're chasing moments, When eternity's slipping by. Wake us up, Lord. Wake us up. Wake us up, Jesus. Wake us up. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you say, I need to pray right now to receive Christ. I want you to slip up your hand, get my attention, wave at me a little bit so I know who you are. Anybody at all? Quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. I see your hand. You can put those down. Anybody else? Just quickly. Come on, would you join me? And like. Let's just posture our hands in this place of surrender. That's what this means. I surrender, Lord. And in agreement with these that have lifted, that, that have uh, motioned, it mean lifted their hands to pray to receive Christ. Let's pray this prayer. Would you say this out loud and say it with boldness, recognizing that this sound we're about to make is a sound that literally brings transformation to the earth. It's a sound that allows the kingdom of heaven to break in to the earth one heart at a time. And for these that have lifted their hands, the kingdom of heaven is breaking in right now. So come on, declare it with me. Say it out loud. Lord Jesus, you're the giver of life. You came, you lived, you died, but you're alive. You rose from the grave. I need you. As my Savior, you're the Savior of the world, but I acknowledge you rescued me, and I receive the strength to live my life in surrender to you all the days of my life. Come on, why don't you give him some Holy Ghost shout and declaration and celebration today? Come on, we bless.